Good morning, Craig. Good afternoon and good night. I don't think Craig can uh, can respond. I think he might just be a a shackled machine waiting for his revenge. The day he does respond to you is the day we're all fucked, really. Speaking of shackled machines waiting for their revenge, um, we are absent a cast member for Morning Brew episode. Dan, do you know? Uh, can we just put in a placeholder? Like, let's say episode seventy. It's not. It's probably episode sixty something. It's probably sixty something. I don't know. Hang on. I'll check the. I'll check the website. The miracle of editing will get rid of all of this, or not if Adam chooses to be a dick and let it in. I think he should be a dick. I think he should be a dick and leave it in. I mean, we're just going to look unprepared, and he's going to look all the more important to the organization. You know, I say organization. That's true. When I edited, I just cut out everyone's bits but mine, and add in fake laughter afterwards. Ah 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 ah. I was watching Suplex. Go on. What's it called? Um, one of those shit. Netflix animated shows, you know, the adult ones, and they're all like dreadful. Oh, he's here. Uh, Family Dan? No, um, Paradise PD. Ugh. Fucking oh, dreadful. That's, there's the, a... that's the one with the dog police, isn't it? Yeah, it's Family Guy, but police. But there's a character in it who's a mob boss. So it sounds vaguely European y. Uh, and his whole character gimmick is he just does the, the count from Sesame Street's bit. So like one gun, two guns. Ah, ah, ah. That's the, that's his whole uh, joke, and he re- reappears in like seven episodes. What? Fucking terrible. That's really funny. I, I mean, the real the real question is, how do I know he appeared in seven episodes? Why do they keep watching him? Uh, <laughs> and the answer was inertia. Adam, Steve was trying to figure out what episode number we're on because we panicked at the most basic entry level task for the podcast without you. What did you guess? I guessed sixty something. It's 62. I just checked. Yeah, uh, it's 62. You, get a, you have a tattooed on your skin, and after every episode, you get the tattoo removed and a new one put on. No, I have them on like Roman numerals, so I just kind of get another one added. <laughs> I just go in ones. Welcome to episode oh, DX211, I guess. It's 50D. Uh, no, I thought uh, it's L, isn't it? Maybe L. LX11. It's just yeah, L1. L2. It's L2. Yeah, Alex two, Alex I I. We don't need Roman numerals. We're not a Rocky film. No, we do. It with this 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 episode's called Lexi. Oh, very good. Okay, fine. Oh, we, from now on, we're a Roman podcast. This yeah. episode is, of course, sponsored by uh, the Emperor Augustus, who is, of course, Jimmy not Caesar dead. Salad. <laughs> and the I had a Emperor. moment. I was I was playing a guessing game, or not a guessing game, like a quiz game thing. A while back, earlier this year, and <laughs> I realized how like, you referred to a quiz as a guessing game really speaks <laughs> to like how much you knew about the topic. I mean, <laughs> I got the question right until I kept going. So the answer was Julius Caesar, and I knew that, but I said Julius Caesar salad, and immediately realized that I had said it in all like not as a joke, just in all seriousness. And I was like, shit, shit, I can't believe be I just good. said this. The Caesar salads must be a cadet branch. I had something similar happen to me. I mean, not in the quiz, obviously. That would be terrible. Not but, in guessing um, game. I think I was trying to remember one. I think Vitalius, the Roman emperor. But the thing I said, I think I said was Vibrava. And I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. So I looked it up later. That's a Pokemon. So oh, I nice. suggested a, a Pokemon instead of a Roman emperor. Is he an Unga Bunga? 
He's not an ungefung. This is so. This is something that Steve I was saying to Adam the other day. Is I've been looking at the new uh, the leaks for the new Pokemon game, and apparently, like the theme on it is like there's some prehistoric Pokemon who um, fans have been referring to as Ungabunga Pokemon because of because you know of cavemen with the bones but, with bones in their hair. But more or less, yeah. Like you know, like I think there's a, a mammoth looking guy and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but I was saying to Adam, is it sounds. You know, it's not because it refers to cavemen, but it sounds like a racist term. They're like, you know, but it's not. And there should be a term for that, for things which sound dodgy, but are fine. Huh. I mean, unless unless you find, like, one caveman still alive today, like Brendan Fraser in that Encino Man. Hmm. George of the Jungle. That was Brendan no. Fraser, right? The, the live yeah, but he, was, he wasn't a caveman in it. He was just raised no, by, I think, gorillas. He was just an Ungabunga man. Including, I think, John Glee's gorilla. Oh, shit, really? I think so. I th- I, there was some, like, there was, like, a whole cohort of posh English actors who they just hire in the 90s to do voiceovers for stuff like that. Like, your was man John... who played the butler in Richie Rich. Was uh, was John Cleese still paying off his alimony in the 90s, or was that not until, like, the 2000s? That was man, a previous so pe- I'm alimony. Sure that, I'm sure that man has enough doors that he's always going to be paying alimony. I mean, it does seem that way. I mean, I remember he did that. They did some compilation for Monty Python in like 2008, 2009, where they all did like their own personal best sketches and they all introduced it their own way. And his was like, he was playing a cantankerous version of himself who was really racist and anti-European and couldn't remember what marriage he's on. Uh, and 10 years later. Uh, yeah. Lunatic has taken over the asylum, so to speak. More, it is John Cleese. It, was, it wasn't um, George of the Jungle. Yeah, yeah. So he's so that was his first alimony, and that's when he was like, "Man, I hate having to do this shit." <laughs> and uh, now he's, what's his latest shit that he hates doing? He was in something embarrassing recently, but hey, you keep signing the contracts, dude. So shut up. <laughs> he uh-huh. was in. Uh, where are we? I know. I know. We talked about John Cleese before, mainly because they got Rowan Atkinson all worked up, and he had to defend comedians. Mr. Bean was very worried that he might get cancelled, apparently. Mr. Bean cancelled? What? I just can't, like, whenever, like, a super fucking soft comedian comes out and he's like, what about cancel culture? It's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Bean. What the fuck are you getting cancelled for? What the fuck are you talking about? Tim Allen came out recently and he was like, oh, cancel culture. I was like, oh, Santa Claus? Are you fucking worried? Santa Claus? (laughs) Fucking Santa Claus TV show coming out soon? Are you getting cancelled for that, dickhead? Fuck off. God damn. He didn't get cancelled for fucking slinging coke in the 90s. He's not getting cancelled now, is he? Uh, fucking did he slinging coke in the 90s? Oh yeah. yeah, a huge thing. Like I think just before Home Improvement started. Huh. And, that's, and then what did he do? He did Home Improvement, super fucking PG show for a million years. That ends. He jumps into another essentially Home Improvement 2 for a million years. Mm. Now he's coming off another Home Improvement essentially for the last fucking decade. He's just like fucking PG super soft comedian. He's like, oh, cancel culture. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Shut up, dude. <laughs> this fucking rose, the one I don't understand is when they were casting Toy Story and they were like, okay, and we need someone to play the ultra masculine heroic uh, space ranger figure let's get in fucking tim allen <laughs> especially now like he's put next to tom hanks and uh-huh. those, are very, those are two very different levels of uh of fame now and prestige but they're uh-huh. like equal I mean, partners in those movies 
I mean, in fairness, I think even at the time, Tom Hanks was still a different level of fame and prestige <laughs> than Tim Allen. <laughs> imagine if they're... Could you imagine... Reverse their careers for a minute. <laughs> oh, Tim Allen in Philadelphia. Or... T- <laughs> like just like just how fucking how piss poor all of like the really like good Tom Hanks like Forrest Gump Tim Allen and Forrest Gump would turn it into a hate crime I, I 100% believe that that's yeah. that's where you'd have to come up with a word for unga bunga if Tim Allen was in Forrest Gump like oh no 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 I would like if it was otherwise the exact same actors they reacted the same way as if they were reacting to Tom Hanks's performance but instead they were reacting to uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, to be uh, fair, yeah, low, low intelligence to Madam would just start making his <laughs> noise. I was fucking dead on. That fucking, like, essentially home improvement tree or whatever he was fucking in recently, <laughs> it lasted 194 episodes and only ended a year ago. Let me guess, it was called something like Man of the House or some like oh, know, uh, Head of the Family or some shit like that. That's a very good guess. Stephen, do you have a guess? Um, man about the house. Last man standing. Fuck's sake! Oh shit! <laughs> That's sometimes I watch this shit. In Last Man <laughs> Standing, he reprises his role as Tim the Toolman Taylor. Fuck off! Get really? out of here! It's literally home improvement too. Yeah, I'm mad about this. I was joking. <laughs> I gave him more credit than that. I was just doing a goof. Tim Allen, fight me. If I, Tim Allen, I want you to hear this. We're we're skyrocketing up certain certain countries' podcast ranks at the minute. We're in the top twenty for a few countries. Um, so I mean, keep keep liking the podcast, keep sharing the podcast. It does fantastic for our numbers. We're big in Denmark, apparently. Excellent. Let's go. Anyway, when Tim Allen is visiting Denmark, because I'm sure he visits a lot, make sure you come up to him on the street and you tell him that I want to fight him. That's what I want. I can't let this go. I. I can't, I can't have this. It's, this is like someone saying a slur on like the subway and, and no one steps up. This is what this is. I have to get involved here. Tim Allen is 60, 70 next year. I'll still whoop his ass. I don't give a shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press into the thing I hate most about this show, which is that we just read shit off Wikipedia and, and give our opinions on it without having watched the show, which is <laughs> I am probably most guilty of. But... You tell us to stop while you wait and Google stuff. Not, notwithstanding, notwithstanding. Premise. The series follows Mike Baxter, a senior executive and director of marketing for an outdoor sporting goods chain store based in Denver, Colorado. His home life is initially filled with his wife and three daughters, hence the last man in the show's title. Along with, mm. wait a second, it starts backpedaling from here, a grandson. Okay. <gasps> it's a minor. But does that make him the last man standing? His life later extends to the young men who are married or dating his daughters. So it just doesn't stand on its own there. And as soon as and they start bringing in some fresh blood to the show, it's like, well, it's over. This is the last man standing. It, they refuse to cast women in it at all because of the title. Or not women, men. If it was only women. So this, is, this is last man standing. And in Home Improvement, he had three sons who are not around in this show. So he truly is the last man standing. I alienated all three of my sons <laughs> through my aggressive masculinity. It's funny. It's funny. You know what that reminds you? The premise stands or the hyper masculine premise of this reminds me of a book by a certain Robert A. Heinlein, author of um, uh, Starship Troopers, as it happens. Uh, I, after, after I discovered Starship Troopers was actually based on a book 
Uh, I went and read that book. Uh, as regular listeners to the show will know, uh, that book is not satirical. The author meant everything in it. And the Paul Verhoeven <laughs> one is actually just a take off, ripping the piss off from the book. Anyway, Robert A. Heinlein also wrote a book called Farnham's Freehold, which I recall as being the last Robert A. Heinlein book I ever bothered to read after The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, which is actually quite good, uh, in which he espouses uh, his support for a libertarian revolution on the moon. Some Elon Musk shit right there. But in Farnham's Freehold, I recall it as being the most misogynistic bullshit I ever did, because basically how it, how it plays out is um, there is some sort of world-ending nuclear disaster, except um, this particular guy has gathered his hot wife and neighbors <laughs> and family and, and some uh, a few girls into his nuclear survival bunker of some sort, shut the door. And uh, he's he's made all these plans. He's filled it with the relevant equipment, um, pure survivalist as as was the style at the time. And he proceeds the the book proceeds to live out a libertarian fantasy, uh, presided over by this patriarch who planned for everything and provided for uh, everybody. And he gets to he gets to enjoy himself at the little tip top of the hierarchy because he knows how to work all the all the machines and stuff that are keeping them all alive. And I just put it down. It's just like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. I can't wait for them. I just, like, I can see in about 50 pages, everyone's going to be the sex slave. <laughs> Had enough here. Hugh Farnham, a white middle-aged man, holds a bridge club party for his alcoholic wife, Grace, law graduate son, Duke, college student daughter, Karen, and Karen's friend, Barbara. Oh, okay, it wasn't a neighbor. Uh... After several distant nuclear explosions rock the shelter, Hugh and Barbara become sexually intimate. Uh... <gasps> Which one's so, so he has a wife as well, does he? And and it's also yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has he has his pick, right? He has his daughter, his daughter's friend, and his his, his alcoholic wife. This is like the first thing that happens. He, he rides his daughter's friend with only minor injuries, but their bottled oxygen running low. The group decides to ensure that they will be able to leave the shelter. You wasted oxygen, right? You selfish bastard. Yeah. <laughs> After exiting through an emergency tunnel, they find themselves completely undamaged in semi-tropical region, apparently uninhabited by humans or other sentient creatures. Several of the group speculate that the final explosion somehow forced them into an alternate dimension. The group Fuck struggles it, huh? to stay alive by... Guess what? Reverting to the ways of the American pioneers with Hugh as the leader, despite friction between Hugh and Duke. Karen's pregnant. Barbara's also pregnant. <laughs> uh, do you think, do you think the, the implication of in the future they'll have to they'll only have each other's siblings to procreate with was a deliberate Hyman thing, or was he just ignoring that element of it? Yeah. You know, fellas, how you all you just want to found a homestead where everyone is related to you and there's literally no one there's no other genetic supply going. Eventually you're gonna inbred yourself to death. It's just as well that I um it's just as well that I put this book down uh, before even I, I realized that the misogyny in this book was bad enough before I even got to the racism. Um here we go. The group finds that it has not been transported to another world, but it is instead in the distant future of their own world. A decadent oh. book technologically advanced African African culture keeps either uneducated or castrated whites as slaves. <laughs> Each he of the characters. Time. Yeah. Also, how can they not tell if they're uneducated or castrated? That's a pretty easy ch- I can't, I can't, you know, Looking at his balls, I don't know if he just can't read or if he has none. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. What a fucking weird book. They returned just prior to the they 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 uh 
rather than execute them, there's some funny about it. They get sent back, basically. They get sent back. Rather than execute them, they're asked to volunteer for a time travel experiment that will send them back to their own time. They return just prior to the original nuclear attack and flee in Barbara's car. As they drive, they realize that while Barbara had driven a car with an automatic transmission, this car, the same car in every other respect, has a manual transmission. And Farnham deduces that the time travel experiment worked, but sent them into an alternate universe in which Americans have manual automobiles. They get incinerated by the nuclear blast because they couldn't figure out how to drive a manual car. I, I assume Farnham takes over because he knows to drive how to drive a stick or something. <laughs> um, well, that's why that's why he's the king. The critical work, The Heritage of Heinland, describes Farnham's free ro- freehold as n- not an altogether successful novel, and that the book's sexism may be a crucial flaw. <laughs> Maybe it's possible. You know, given that I'm just learning to drive now, I would very much enjoy if at the end they did get incinerated because of some basic driver mistake as they learn to drive a manual like they stall on a hill or something like that (laughs) they don't downshift well enough you know what in mad max i just gotta go for a second does that mean does that mean that the uh part of my podcast with the guys the (laughs) (laughs) just talking to his mom i guess um in mad max does that does that mean that the like the like the younglings, the ones that are like, trained into the, you know, into the society? Army, yeah, they have to be like taught to drive. They have like driver's ed. <laughs> that would fucking love. Actually, I think I saw a YouTube video on this, which was sort of like post-apocalyptic driver's ed. Yeah, you just want to turn left up there by the zombies and make sure you I hit never, as many of them as possible. I never thought about it before, but I guess it would have to. I guess they'd have to. How else would they drive? Yeah, but like I mean, half of it you, you'd really just need to how to accelerate and stop, right? Because like it's not like there's narrow streets. That's fair. The, Mad Max is all straight lines. <laughs> it's all desert. Like it really is. Yeah, yeah. But you're not um, like you're, you're veering too far to the left into into more you, desert. Do you want to see a picture of Tim Allen's mugshot when he got arrested for having cocaine? Oh, I've I've seen that picture many times. Tremendous. Uh, it's 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 like the ultimate uh, cocaine mugshot, I think. In in the Kalamazoo Sheriff's Department. Incredible. Also, with that mustache, he looks like a magician. So I'm amazed he didn't just like what cocaine. He looks like he showed up for a, a a casting call for Pablo Escobar, and he's the only white guy. Pablo Escobar's nerdy brother, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bunch of 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 Latino actors and Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> just some guy called Tim. He wants to play Pablo Escobar. I just thought it'd be an easier way to get access to cocaine. Did you uh, did you see that the new John Wick trailer has come out? I didn't, but I seen they're planning a spin-off series, and I don't with, I don't like that. With Anna de Armas, but also with Keanu Reeves. So is it why is it not just also a John Wick movie? Like if you're doing a spin-off, commit to it. Don't just be like, it's a spin-off, <sighs> but everything you love from the original is here. It kind of worries me. It kind of worries me when I hear a spin-off because I really like what they do and I'm glad they're doing another trilogy, you know? Um, but I just, I, I hear that and I think, oh, oh, this sounds like you're really spreading this a bit thin and I'm, I'm a bit worried now. I'm a bit, a bit scared about this. I Don't do, ruin like, the thing I like. I was watching the original, or nothing, I was watching the trailer thinking, this is the fourth time I watch one of these. Is it going to get tired eventually or... Am I am I just gonna you know watch one of these every two or three years and by that time it'll be new enough again? I think I think the latter. I think it's like a reverse MCU, right? Because it's like, oh man, this is cool. I'm really excited to see the next one, and then there's a giant gap. 
Yeah. I think one of the things that Fast and the Furious is doing very wrong, not that I watch Fast and the Furious, maybe I shouldn't comment, but I think like doing stuff like Hubs and Shaw and all these other spin-offs and like projects and stuff, I think that's a mistake. I think trying to like appease all these fucking big Hollywood egos instead of having like one nice little franchise, I think that's a mistake. They did just the one, really. Like they haven't done any other spin-offs, have they? Yeah, but there was also COVID and stuff, which I'm sure slowed everything down. But, like, I can imagine there's going to be a Hobbs and Shaw too, probably, and there might also be other spin-offs in the works because they've both been popular. I just, that stuff scares me. You don't need these spin-offs. You know, these are good as they were. Like, just keep it as one set of movies. If you have a story you want to tell involving, like, The Rock and Fast and the Furious, do it in the next movie. That's fine. You know? Yeah. I I mean, what I want to know is when they cast, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, and they're like, well, no one wants to work with The Rock anymore. Or people are too scared to not work with Vin Diesel. How did they pick Jason Statham as the one they sacrificed? (laughs) Sorry, Jason, you have to keep working with The Rock. I want them to pull, like, the way this ends is that The Rock has Jason Statham by, like, the arms, and Vin Diesel has him by the legs, and they keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and the Jason Statham rips in half, and then they're (laughs) just kind of left there. And then they embrace, and they hug in the middle, and they both kiss, and then the next film, they're best friends. No, no, what's going to happen is it's going to be like in court when the child chooses who to go to. So the rock is like, come here, Jason. Come on, Jason. <laughs> come on, Jason. Ice cream every day, Jason. But so, sorry, so the one thing about that fucking John Wick trailer I wanted to say, which really, it, I didn't realize how much it annoyed me until it happened. The thing I hate so much in any of those trailers is when a character says a funny line, not tells a joke, but just says a funny line. And then they include a character from a clearly different scene, like say, at a clearly different reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, We're at a, at a, from a clearly different trigger, but they put them together as if, yeah, of course, John Wick is going to say something in the desert, and Lawrence Fishburne is going to respond to it laughing underground. Sorry, my cousin's kids just came in. Where did we get to? That's fine. And uh, we were just talking about the new John Wick trailer, and I was saying that I get worried when big franchises that I really like start to split off into spin-off movies. Oh, what is um, it now? John Wick. John Wick John has a spin-off Wick movie. In the world. It's either a spin-off movie in the works or a spin-off series, oh. um, which is actually something that's really annoying me lately. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff that they've announced new projects for, and it's always a series. It's <laughs> not a follow-up movie. There's a Guy Ritchie movie that came out last year or the year before called The Gentleman. I don't know if you guys yeah. seen it. Oh, it's good. good it's actually. good. I haven't watched it. Yeah. It was very, very good. I really liked it a lot. It's it's a very classic Guy Ritchie film. Well, okay, it's a, it's not a classic. It's it's got a lot of the same beats, but it's very it's a little bit different than than a, than some of his other stuff. But I think like, it's part of the, I think it's probably part of the lock stock cinematic universe, so to speak. Like there are characters uh, called like the governor and the governor. general and shit like that. General. Yeah, yeah. Like there's yeah. stuff like that, and then like you know, there, there's a lot of like like long scenes that don't really give you a backstory on a character. But really just kind of like hammers home the point that like, oh, this guy's supposed to be like a mean bastard, you know? Yeah. That's I call John the Baptist. Yeah, like very, very good movie. I liked it a lot. Um, I was really hyped when I seen that Netflix like put up a fucking Guy Ritchie film for free on the front page. I was like, excellent. I'm going to watch this now. They have a load of Guy Ritchies up at the moment, actually. They announced that there's going to be a follow up. And I thought, oh, cool. I really like oh. The Gentleman. I'd like to see another one. It's a series. Don't what? like it. Don't like what? it. I like The Gentleman. It's a one-and-done movie. It's two hours. I liked it. It was good. The fact that I now have to try and commit to eight to ten hours, I'm over it. I'm not doing it. I will not watch that sequel series. There is no need for it to be a TV series. If you have a fucking movie, you make a follow-up movie. And that's it. What I'm confused, are 
are movies more or less profitable than TV series? Like, would they not make more money doing I don't, movie? I don't think for Netflix it really matters. They probably spend the same budget either way. And unlike stuff like Disney, they put it all out at once. So, like, the way the reason Disney does so many series is that, like, hey, we put out one episode a week for, like, eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. So you have to pay, you know, three-month subscription to see the series or wait for it to be over. But they're trying to capture a TV audience, you know? Oh, when I go into work on Monday morning, I really want to talk about Andor or whatever is the new hit series on Disney. And I'm actually completely fine with that. I actually, I think it's a, it's, it's a great idea because I'm kind of getting over the whole binge TV thing. Um, when a new series comes out, I, I actually quite like it being, being more spread out. Um, but Netflix doesn't. They release it all at once. So... I just do a fucking movie. Do two movies back to back if you want, and release them six months apart. I don't fucking care. But like, t- I, bad, I don't know. A bad news for you though, Adam. Short what? memory, because um, yet more Wikipediaing on my behalf has reminded me of the <clears> fact, <throat> which of course I, I obviously knew, being seven years old at the time that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was released, uh, and uh, nine years old at the time that uh, what I'm about Snatch. to talk about is was was released. Is that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels actually had a spin-off series of its own produced by Guy Ritchie in the year 2000 called Lock, Stock, a seven-part British TV crime drama series co-written and created by Guy Ritchie as a spin-off from the 1998 success Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Broadcast on C4 with a <laughs> with a feature-length pilot, feature pilot called Lock, Stock, and Four Stolen Horses. Oh, it starts with a feature-length pilot. That is the worst thing I've ever... Imagine having a three really and a half, good fucking... Three and a half million viewers on UK and having, having a killer movie, right? Fucking great. What a fun movie. I would love to see another one of this. They go, no, we're doing a TV show. But the first episode is going to be a movie in Lent. Fuck you. What a fucking... What a dickhead move. That's awful. I hate that. This is the worst. There's a bunch of other stuff lately that said like, oh, we have a new follow-up in the works and it's always been TV shows. But The Gentleman stood out to me because I was like, oh, I liked this one. I would have liked a second film. Even if it wasn't the same characters, that's fine. No, ruined it. Don't like it. Not into it. I don't know why Netflix is wasting my time either. Would you like to know some of the plot summaries from Lockstock? Is it it a lot of the same summaries from what the movies would be? The movie again and again and again. It's not not actually lock, stock, and four stolen hooves horses. It's lock, stock, and four stolen hooves. The four owners of the lock, a pub in London's East End, buy a quantity of stolen porno videos and a priceless watch. They think they're in the money, but unbeknown to them, all the goods were stolen from East London's toughest artist gangster, Miami Vice. Not surprisingly, he wants his watch back and doesn't care about how he gets about recovering it. The gang have to get the goods back to Miami Vice without him suspecting their involvement but get caught up in a heap of trouble involving lap dancers, an arsonist, a family of gypsies, and a stolen Farabin racehorse. I mean, these are all just B ideas for Lockstock. I can see it now, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, that's... Look, sometimes things are bad, and that's okay. You can have a bad idea and make a great product. That's what the movies were. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I said it to Dan when you were away, Steve. It's the same as stuff like Fast and the Furious doing spin-off movies. If you have a story to tell with one of your fucking characters in the movie, tell it in the fucking movie. God damn it. You have a movie series. What am I getting out of you making another, another movie? Uh, 
The problem, that's the fucking problem now, is everything is just designed to eat up time. It doesn't have to be good, even. It just has to take up time. Oh, what? We, fucking Netflix hemorrhaging fucking money, but then they go, oh, but we had one billion watch minutes. Who fucking <laughs> cares? What does that mean? What the fuck? I watched Netflix for 40 minutes. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what does that make it? Who cares? Awful stuff. Netflix especially, I'm wondering, like, is there a um, window where it actually counts? As in, like, where they'll be like, okay, it only matters when people watch it for the first month. And after that, they're like, fuck it, it's just on there now. It doesn't matter how many people watch it from now on out. No, we're not going to see if it's a success based on, like, someone watching fucking Stranger Things season one three so, years later. Yeah, it does matter. Like, Netflix, like, almost immediately decides to either cancel or renew a show or a movie or whatever. <laughs> you know, um, almost immediately, like, right off the bat. But their whole thing is based on, like, how many subscribers did this drive? And if it's not much, they immediately cancel it because what would they care? That's that's their whole that's their whole thing, hmm. and that's why a lot of series used to end at season three, you know, because season one it would drive subscribers, season two it would drive subscribers, season three did plateau. So if hmm. you put money into a season four, you're getting no return back because it's either going to stay the same or lower. Like this thing is no longer a driver for your revenue source, but everything comes out in minutes anyway. You know, they, they spend fucking $30 million on one episode of Stranger Things or whatever. And then they go, it's crazy. We don't know why we're out of money. I, yeah, beats me, dude. Uh, I, feel beats like me. People, I don't know. I feel like people have been waiting for a Netflix collapse for like five years now. And that's not to say it's not going to happen. But um, I feel like people have been trying to figure out the business model for a very long time. I think, I think the problem is that Disney came in and took it over in like fucking one week. They decided, hey, yeah, we're going to make these TV shows of these really popular movie franchises, but we're going to put them out one a week. We're going to buy these TV shows that other people haven't bought and put them out one a week, like you're watching a television show. And then, over the course of this entire series, you've now paid us for three billing cycles. Or if someone pays yearly, they've paid yearly, so they don't really care at that point. But the whole the whole thing is to keep keep you in your seat. Like They want you to... Like Amazon did that as well, like with the boys, they slowly right because that's how how it works. It's like you don't have advertisers, so how does the platform work? Well, people pay us. It's like okay, so if someone really wants to see Star Wars, you know, Mandalorian or whatever, and they come in, they spend six euro and watch the whole episode, whole season in one day, and then cancel and fuck off somewhere else. You you haven't made money, really. You know what I mean? You'd need like you need tens of millions of people to do that to even break even on the one show. But because you're service you constantly have new shows in the works so your debt is constantly rising you need to keep them there well like so in terms of subscriptions and advertisers right i got a subscription to now tv to watch house of the dragon and succession and i'm paying a subscription and they're still showing me fucking ads Uh, wow that sucks yeah it's it's so annoying that i'm almost like fuck house of the dragon i don't want to watch it anymore (laughs) even though it is very good but you just no reminded TV me I need to. dog shit. You've just reminded me I need to make sure that David has my login for Amazon so that we can split it. <laughs> Isn't Amazon Prime expensive? Yeah. Um, I don't know what offer I'm on. I, I actually I only got it to watch Rings of Power. Um, on Was that the good? other thing. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's everyone's reaction to it, from what I've heard. Better than the Hobbit. Not as good as Lord of the Rings. Didn't they I mean, spend I've, like a billion been, dollars on that fucking show? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it looks fantastic. It would want to. There's a little 
kind of pacing could be better, I would say. I mean, there's a bit of a talking dead vibe to it, you know. Um, oh, at the man. but at the same at the same time, right? For those of us of the disposition who regard the Lord of the Rings as one of the crowning literary and cultural achievements of the 20th century um, and have read the book multiple times and think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's something I'm quite happy to see fleshed out. Um, it's just exciting to see Celebrimbor finally. Yeah, it's exciting to see Celebrimbor. It's exciting to see the rings of power being forged, even though I know exactly what, you know, a rough idea what's going to happen in all of these things. You know? <laughs> I think everything's going to be okay for me. I think everything's going to be That's okay. It's, it's epic as fuck, like, just, you know, there's nothing like having a little old wander around Middle Earth with some orcs hanging around and have some people stabbed and a few battle scenes, you know. I do, do, you remember, do you remember, Steve, we went to see the final Hobbit movie in, yeah. um, in Blanche, uh, and, you know, it's shit film, but when we left, your reaction was just, I just really like seeing orcs. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't argue yeah. with that, fair enough, yeah. there were definitely orcs in the film. Yeah. It's like it has to be seen in the context of it is a Lord of the Rings film, which I'm here for. Um, but you know, I'll probably go and see anything with Lord of the Rings on it, especially like something that's been approved by the Tolkien estate or whatever. It's a pretty bad reason for wanting to see it, but at the same time, I'll still go and see it. I mean, admittedly, that's why they make it, yeah. But also, admittedly, with but the Tolkien estate thing, yeah, when they say, hey we're going to make the most expensive television show that will ever exist because no one's ever going to have more than $1 billion for a TV series. Is that just I would season also one or what? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. $1 billion to make that show. Um, and I just, I remember seeing articles about like, yeah, Rings of Power has to be a success. And I was thinking, how the fuck could that be a success? <laughs> how could you spend a billion dollars on a TV show and it be successful? The problem like, with it was the problem with it was it is like reading the Silmarillion. It is the TV what, experience of reading the Silmarillion. In, in which way is it like? And this is Fonda, son of Glorga, who originally came from the mountains known as Nimlothiel. Is it all that kind of shit? Yep. That's, oh, excellent! I love that. It's, I love uh, that so much. Just, just to be like, this is I'm, I am, I am bending, bending my interpretation of having read the Silmarillion uh, a little bit, but it is like. It is a volume which is significantly more boring to read than the Lord of the Rings, and that's what the Rings of Power feels like in comparison with the rest. Okay, uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's it's fine, um, but uh, it was, you know, this is this is the book that was like the because of how successful the Hobbit was. His publisher was just like. All right, let's be having you. What else? What else you got? Talkers are just like a oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> try this, and and the guy's just like, no, no. Yeah. This is unpublishable. And then they publish the and they're just like, no, I haven't. Well, there's amazing, the letters. There's amazing letters where Tolkien is like, perhaps you'd be essentially saying this is something of a total shift, but here is <laughs> you know a thousand pages of ethnography. Is this, is this publishable? <laughs> it's like it's it's like the Family Guy joke of uh, of Stephen King, yeah. when it's like, oh, Stephen, what's your next book? And he's like, it's a haunted lamp. He's like shaking the lamp at him, and he's like, ah, fine, we'll buy it. <laughs> I remember hearing that um, when Tolkien saw Christopher Tolkien died, it was essentially like 
a discussion in all the different uh, production studios about how long is it respectful to wait before we start trying to buy the rights to shit. Because like he was like wait, really critical of nearly everything that adapted the Lord of the Rings, even the Jackson yeah. films. And um, so he was never going to really really the selling it. Yeah, was um, he like against the Jackson films? Like, did he not like them? He said that they turned the work into an action film, and even though it was an accomplished action film, it was still didn't have the depth of the book, which is you know fair enough. It's a bad it was written. For I him, don't, but. I don't think you could have possibly made those movies any other way. Genuinely, unless he wanted like scenes of them stopping while Aragorn sang a song, and then they continued like you on. Could, you could have made like a movie in the vein of the books, but you definitely couldn't have made a trilogy. Like, it just, there's no way. It would have flopped huge. I also don't think anyone besides um, Jackson could have made those films. Um, I say that as someone that skips The Hobbit entirely, because I, <laughs> I like I liked the, the Hobbit, but like when I found out it was making a movie, I was thinking like, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll go see a Hobbit movie. And then I found out there's like fucking 80 of them. I was like, oh no. No, no, I wanted like, I wanted like a fun little romp like movie and then like it's over like that that sounded good to me i was like oh lord of the rings hasn't had a movie in a long time hmm. a like a two hour long like little middle earth romp movie sounds great like let's you know we'll all have a fun time in the cinema and then i found out it's like yeah it's gonna be at nine parts i was like no you need to fuck off that is not what i want here at all so i did not check them out you know what's freaky as well is that um the the hobbit movies have become i guess lord or star wars prequeled in that hmm. people who were children when they came out have now convinced themselves that because the chil- they, when they were children they had no critical faculties that actually the movies are good. The only the only negative thing I've ever heard about the Hobbit movies. Everyone I know that likes Lord of the Rings loves the Hobbit movies. Really? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I've never heard anyone I know shit talk the Hobbit movies. It's just, oh, just I've not only me. heard people shit talk them. But it's not the, the only, same. Like they're not as bad as the prequels. The, but they're just like the only thing I've ever heard bad about it was that apparently the way they end the second film and start the third film in the vein of what the story plot is, is like really fucking dumb. It's and they should have just Yeah, they should have just extended the movie by 10 minutes. So it was clickbait. <laughs> it, was, it was clickbait, yeah, essentially. Yeah. You'll never believe what this dragon does to Lake I thought, I thought, I'm not going to go into too many Hobbit. details, because, you know, they're quite old. Yeah, I know they're quite old, but, you know, people, people haven't seen them, whatever. Um, I, it, I can't, I thought it was a joke when it was said <laughs> to me. I like laughed at it. I thought like, oh, this, this people are joking. I was like, oh, oh, this is actually real. Oh, okay, shit. <laughs> Whoops. Hey, he got he got a green light for it. So fuck it. Why not? I guess it was just. It was, I bet it was Benedict Cumberbatch bullying Peter Jackson for putting in the two of them. So you get two royalty checks. Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch in the Hobbit. He's um Smaug. Oh, mm-hmm. he's the, he's the only- dragon. He's, but he's the good performance in the whole thing. Everyone like that's that's the common uh, review of the Hobbit is Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch are both really good. Uh, They're a lock team. Yeah, I mean, and what's not to like? The fucking I thought, I thought the Legolas Hobbit... jumping up the, the the bridge that was falling apart, defying gravity, and doing all his Legolas in general. He's an elf. He he's shouldn't a, have been there. Agile. He's very odd. They had like a whole extra subplot just to give Legolas something to do. Well, he's like fucking, well Legolas is like fucking eight thousand years old or whatever, right? Yeah. He's an old he's an old boy. Yeah. Who should be oh, sat fuck. in a wheelchair somewhere? I'm looking at the cast list for the Hobbit, and this fucking rules. You have Martin Freeman in there, you obviously have Ian McKellen, you know, Orlando Bloom, obviously. 
<laughs> Hugo Weaving's big fucking head pops uh, up everywhere, of course. You know, you're looking around. It's like, oh, Mr. Baggins. Elijah back. Wood is in there, which, I mean, fine. Why not, I guess? I didn't realize he was in it. Fucking James Nesbitt. <laughs> That's the best one. James Nesbitt showing up fucking rules. He was the best dwarf. Who was actually you said about every dwarf. No, no, every other dwarf. There were two dwarfs that made into Aragorn dwarf. So that there'd be like a cool, sexy dwarf, but still the size of a dwarf. Oh, fucking gross. Ed Sheeran and Stephen Colbert are in it. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember Ed Sheeran. Yeah, he was the balladeer. They had Stephen Fry with a big fake nose on it. Mm. No, that was his regular nose. <laughs> that was just Stephen Fry. We don't need to insult the man. I'm sure he's a perfectly lovely guy. Or not. Who knows? Stephen Fry, my favorite role he'd ever been in in a movie was he was in um, the, the was it 2008 or something, a cock and bull story, which oh. is about uh, people trying to adapt Tristram Shandy and failing um, because it's too big a novel. So I think they originally wanted to film Tristram Shandy. It was like, this is really difficult. Let's make it a fourth wall breaking film about how hard that is to do. But his, I... his, his role in the film was just a kind of called the boffin. And every so often they just tell you details about the novel, but didn't have to act. It's genius. <laughs> I tried to watch that movie before, but I accidentally typoed it while I was on Google, and so I never went back. <laughs> so that, that's it, where that ended for me. Definitely uh, definitely feels like a movie that was titled in the pre-internet age. It's like how they definitely wouldn't name Cognitive Behavioral Therapy CBT today. Mm. Fair. Just, Dan, Dan have, you, uh, <laughs> have you finally formulated your newest opinion on Cyberpunk? Uh, no, I haven't played it because I've been down in Cork. I haven't had a chance to to get out. I, oh. every, I come, whenever I'm back up, I'm back up for like two or two days at a time, and I just play it oh. very intensely. Are I'm you like, a driving master now? I'm okay at it now. I keep fucking. You know what the problem is? Cork is very fucking hilly, so there's all like these little stops that look flat, and then you're actually on hills. Like, okay, time to go. Fuck! Why am I moving backwards? Um, so I, I keep I keep nearly hitting the cars behind me, but otherwise I think I'm doing okay. Okay. Apparently, I'm just, I, apparently, I'm like completely just wrong at judging how near my car is to the curb. I think it's like way closer than it is, so I take all these really wide turns, and then when I I'm sure what an actual turn is, I think, fuck, I'm going to hit these people. I'm going to no, kill everyone. Not, it's also not illegal to hit the car behind you. You know, that's what insurance is for. Yeah. But like, my thought is that I'm clearly a learner. Surely I have diminished responsibility here. Like, if I actually do push the accelerator down too hard because of a brain tumor or something, what's my culpability there? Well, I mean, you're 30 years old, so a lot. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think that matters. I think, I, if I was 16, I think it would be just as culpable as I am now. Yeah, but I think if you were 16, the guards would just kind of bully you so you felt bad a little bit. I think now it's like, fuck off, dude. You're 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how this works. They could still try to bully me, to be fair. And it would work. Yeah. I live in an area that has the worst drivers, probably in the country somehow, which is a real, like saying a lot because it's a small they're area. Bad. They're pretty bad. It's Randler. Yeah. And I, I told, uh, I told Stephen about the drivers being very bad. And we had breakfast one day. We were talking yeah. about this before. And uh, Stephen got to see firsthand just how fucking dog shit these drivers really are, yeah. um, including multiple instances where, like, one instance where a fucking truck almost took our head off with the wing mirror, <laughs> <laughs> but, but also like several instances where a car tried to overtake another car. On a road where it's literally impossible to overtake the car. And instead of overtaking them, it's one car half up on the path, one car half up on the island, and the two of them holding down the horn until their wrist hurts. 
Um, but I was out the other day. Mm. Um, and a typical Randall fashion, there is one road where I have seen, I would have to say, at least eight crashes since moving here. Um, which is a crazy fucking number for anyone to see in any area they live in, to see eight car crashes. Walking down the road, it's uh, quite dark here at the minute because of the time of year, early in the morning. And I see flashing lights up the street. I was like, okay, what has happened now? And I walk up and I see... <laughs> I see two adults, full adults, definitely like in their mid to late 30s, standing there as if they've just been scolded by their parents, um, while the front of the two cars has been destroyed. No idea how they didn't get really badly hurt. Two of them seemed fine. Those cars are fucked. And I know exactly what happened, because the same thing happens every fucking time in this area. One person goes down this street where you have to take a left turn there's no other turn you can take. You have to take a left. Mm. It's coming off a residential street, which you shouldn't be on unless you live there, but people try and take shortcuts, and this happens every time. <laughs> Went down trying to take a left. Very clearly pulled out far too fast and far too, uh, way too like um, far into the road than they should have been. And another car that was going way too fast and should not have been there either uh, instead of either one deciding to push the brakes, I guess they just kind of said a little prayer and hopes that they would miss each other and both be on their way. And instead of that, what happened is what happens every time and two fucking idiots collide and ride off their car at 7 a.m. and then spend 10 minutes calling their boss to be like, I've got to be late. I've got to be late. I want to fucking kill me. I just ruined the Prius. <laughs> Maybe they did live around there. Maybe uh, maybe they're just shit drivers, even though they know the exact junction. I mean, the people that live around here are definitely shit drivers. I <laughs> I, I can tell you that for a fact, because I've seen people come out of their garden and almost crash, um, which is a real feat in itself, because these roads are never that busy in terms of like you know cars moving too fast, because they're very small roads. When cars come down here to try and take shortcuts, they end up in massive lines of traffic for about half an hour. So it's a real fucking... Uh, Real feat of achievement to come out of your garden and almost crash <laughs> when it's very clear that that's right in front of you. But they manage it anyway. Living in Dublin just turned people into bad drivers. Or South I Dublin, think, maybe. I, I think, think South having Dublin a fucking, is awful. I think having a car key turns people into bad drivers. I have to, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Absolutely. Fucking hell. Do you consider yourself a good driver, Steve, or a bad driver? Well, there is that statistic that says 80% of people consider themselves an above-average driver. Um, I'm probably fine. I have some bad habits. Um, I can be impatient. You're allowed to have bad habits. You have your license. Exactly. I have a driver's license. I do have a driver's license. So I'm better than everybody who doesn't have a driver's license at minimum. Or most That's people true. don't have a driver's license. But depends on you. Like, I think it depends on your definition of what's a good driver. Um, I mean, objectively... By law, I'm a worse driver than anybody who doesn't have who has any fewer than any fewer than three penalty points because I've three at present. <laughs> How'd you get your three penalty points? Getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> so that that um, maybe uh, you know that. Um, actually, I need to change my CV. It says full clean driver's license. <laughs> Look, 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 your license is in your wallet and it's very clean. Yeah, yeah, it's very, well, yeah, it's pretty clean. 
<laughs> okay, fine. Man. Change old, the CV old, after all. Full grubby driver's license. <laughs> but willing bit, to clean it. A little bit dinged up there. Yeah. How long do those points stay on your license for? Uh, good question. It's a pretty long time, isn't it? Uh, I think it's 12 months from the date you pay the fine or acknowledge the offence. I would do neither. <laughs> that wasn't me. Someone gave yeah. me my license, but I was elsewhere. I would show Basically, the sooner you admit to it, the better. And if it, if the, the, the points default to the registered owner of the car if somebody else doesn't, doesn't fess up to them, which is me. I'm, I'm the registered owner of the car, so there's no escaping it. Oh. Put it under Dan's name, and then he'll have penalty points. This is why I'm not getting the license, because the, <laughs> the amount of practice Steve will get up to finds that I have. Yeah. Hello, I'm uh, Mr. Burns. I do remember, Steve, um, when we were looking around for houses you know, a few years ago, and I think you were fairly newly passed at that stage. Yeah, I borrowed my mom's car, I think, to look at some of them, didn't we? We were fucking belting it down the M50, and I was just like, this is my guy. <laughs> Steve is going to kill me. And yet you're still here recording a podcast. Oh, no, and it was perfectly, perfectly fine driving. It was just very um, vindictively. <laughs> Not vindictively. Who's who was in need for speed? That's the one. You felt the need for uh, speed. Aaron Paul. <laughs> Aaron Paul. Very Aaron Pauly. Yeah, yeah. That's not a joke. Aaron Paul is the uh, is the lead for Need for Speed. I think if anyone asks about his post Breaking Bad career, that's the only thing people can remember him being in, mm. besides fucking other Breaking Bad material <laughs> yeah. like El Camino. He was in a... Bojack Horseman. That's um, the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, you know what, Dan? You have a point because I, I had something in my head and it's gone. <laughs> Absolutely no fucking clue what I was thinking of a minute ago. He's in some drama that I recorded like a year and a half ago and never watched. <laughs> so shout out to for that, I guess. I fucking I love when someone goes from a like a big like critically acclaimed successful franchise or like movie or TV show or something mm. and then like their follow up is like dog shit. They're just like, "Hey, this is paying the most money. I'm in." I fucking love it's great. What excellent excellent use of uh of your cachet. If it's like deliberate, then like I feel like John Hamm did Mad Men. I was like, "I'm just going to appear in weird fucking comedies from now on." And like oh, weird like, roles. Like he what? Appeared like, he appeared in like Tag or whatever it's called. Oh fuck yeah, yeah that's true. Well, I was mostly thinking he played. He's in um, he's in Parks and Rec for like a scene where he plays an idiot intern who gets fired in the first episode and says, "If anyone wants, uh, if anyone wants to hang, I'm going to be in Hooters or something <laughs> like that," and just leaves. <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in Thirty Rock as a man who's so beautiful that he doesn't realize he's really stupid because everyone is really nice to him because he's beautiful. Did Thirty Rock come out before or after Mad Men? I guess after, right? Because Mad Men would have been, yeah, after. But well, yeah. concurrent with, but started after. I have never seen a second of Mad Men. Hmm. I've seen the first episode like five times, and no other episode. That's that's the way I was with Suits. I tried to get into Suits when everyone was really into it, and I watched one episode, and I thought, no, no, thanks, no, hmm. not doing this. On the one hand, I think I have to give suits. It's everyone in them, like, yeah, they look like how I picture like a default lawyer to look like. 
Yeah, um, I guess the hair, so. The face, body type, everything. That's these are all the different types of lawyers, and there are no other types there, of lawyers. This is you know when you look at something that's clearly not for you, and you realize like immediately, like oh, I'm never, I'm never watching this again. Like this, <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> um, that was what Suits was. I we were watching. Eva wanted to watch it because people were really into it. And I was like, cool, we'll throw it on then. And we put on episode one of Suits. And within eight minutes, I thought, oh, I am not going to like this at all. And they're all really long episodes. And no, not doing it. Just can't, not going to do it. Really long seasons that are all really long episodes with a bunch of characters I don't care for. No, thank you. Not for me. Mm. Yeah, that was me with um, what you call it. A band of brothers. Yeah, I didn't watch that either. I was just like, this is whatever, fine. <laughs> or, I watched that, sh- I watched that uh, show Yellow Jackets recently. Uh, me and Eva watched it. Um, I I like when a show like sets up like a you know a, a plot point in episode one, and then like you know <laughs> really edges out the. Uh, the payoff you know there's like no context to it this is weird looking like you're trying to figure it out as the season goes and they give you like no fucking clues to it and it's like oh this is cool until the season ends and uh, they still haven't paid it off <laughs> in, in really any way shape or form and then you go oh, oh JJ I, just, Abrams. I just watched edging the tv show i guess because <laughs> there's just no payoff here huh. what's it about um, it's about without spoiling a, anything. It's about a a, sur- a group of survivors from a plane crash when they were teenagers, where they got stranded, and it is now them as adults. So, like you know, twenty odd years later or whatever it's supposed to be, um, and it like it gives you like little little drips and drabs of information. It's it mostly goes it splits between them as adults and like them as kids during the 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 um the aftermath of the of the plane crash but um it gives you like little drips and drabs of like oh this is kind of what was happening while they were there you know kind of hints of how long they were there for that kind of stuff um it's good it's a it's a good show people in it acting it very well um you know it's well written it's just when you watch when you watch a show (laughs) and they don't they don't have a payoff it's like oh it's very very hard to recommend to others when they know there's no payoff I uh, I remember really enjoying the most recent season of The Boys, thinking this is good. I'm having a good time. And then, you know, without spoiling anything, the season finale was like, "What if the same as the previous season finales?" And I was retroactively I was like, "Actually, I didn't like this season at all." Now <laughs> I was enjoying it as it went on, but only because I felt something was going to happen, and now nothing's happened. Fuck this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Lost, right? Like, it must be it's awful like... being a Lost fan. Yeah, but that's what, like, I've never watched Lost. I think I might. I think I might. I, I was saying this to Aoife the other week as if I was, like, getting into a new hobby. I was like, I think I might start Lost. I think I want to do it. And she was like, yeah, I liked what I seen. I was like, no, I think I, so I don't, I don't want to hear this think I liked or I might like or I did like. I, do, I think I want to start. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Lost. Uh, um, it's very intimidating. It's a very long show. There's a lot of it to get through. Yeah. Which I mean is kind of fine because, like you know, it gives you, it gives you, it gives you. So I like to watch one show at a time. I don't like moving TV shows. Um, you know, if I'm watching a TV show and it takes fucking six months to get through it, I guess it's gonna take me six months to watch this this TV show. Don't like switching around. 
Not for me. I, I want to I wanna watch this one thing. And preferably it's a movie and it ends in 90 minutes and I'm good to go at the end of it. Unlike That's the Jackass what... Marathon that takes place in two weeks' time. Which we're all totally going to, correct? Correct. Unless, uh, do you know what you need, Adam? And you need for what? a lot of things, actually. What we all need, really, in our lives. Do you, do you recall the YouTube series called Dragon Ball Z Abridged? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I fucking love that show. We need abridged versions of more TV shows, you mean? Yeah. Oh, you like, yeah, like Breaking Bad Abridged, Lost, Lost yep. Abridged, yeah. Yeah. That would, How that did would Dragon Ball Z Abridged work? Like, was it actually just Dragon Ball Z with all of the powering up cut out? Should we, watch a, should we watch a little segment from it? Can we do that? Yeah, of course we can. Hold on. What episode should I pick? Uh, just pick any. So you can pay, pick whatever's there. For okay. Whatever the first video is. Uh, I got the first one right here, baby. There's an ad. Dragon Ball Z abridged episode one. Yeah, so like this, but for like Lost and stuff. Yeah. It'd be harder to do the, um, the voiceovers for real life. No, it'd be it'd be even more comic. Do it like this with subtitles. Kate and Sawyer's oh, initial romance. I just can't quit you. <laughs> Lost, but with dialogue from a different show. <laughs> yeah, that's that would save me a lot of time. I need to I need to like make it like big, and then I can hire somebody to be like a lore expert, and then like they sit around, they watch Lost for me. And then they like they like they come in and we have a cup of coffee and they they go over with me and I just think like great it's like I've seen the show yeah. that'd be awesome I, if anyone out there needs a job <laughs> if anyone in uh where, where's our I I don't know wherever if you need a job email me at adam at mediasuplex we can talk figures we can see. We can see where we stand. Maybe it's maybe it's a, like it, it depends on how long the season is. We'll see. We'll see. I would have thought you're already. Um, you know, lots of people looking for jobs at the moment. <laughs> Can't continue along that dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Even I know lots of people who are looking for jobs at the moment. Thank you, major tech Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Meta. Jesus Christ. But Meta, Twitter. I don't know anyone at Meta who's been made redundant. Uh, they probably wouldn't have been made redundant just yet, right? Because of our well, regulations. Well, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Okay, they've got to do a redundancy consultation. That I, I know a few at Meta that are fair gone. selection for redundancy now that they've already, you know, told everybody that they're being made redundant. I'm sure that, yeah. I'm sure that will turn out to be um, a fair set of redundancies. I think they're getting 16, the 16 weeks, I think it is, they're getting paid. Listen, if you're getting 16 weeks pay per year of service, and or you're just getting 16 weeks straight off. Yeah, the I think it's just anyway weeks. in Ireland. You, we're not. You're not going to have to worry too much about whether it was a fair redundancy process at all. Yeah, I think it, I think it's just 16 weeks. I don't think it's per year. Per year would be fucking incredible for a lot of people, eh? It's 16. Well, so standard statutory redundancy in Ireland is after one year of service, you get two weeks pay per year of service plus one additional week. That's the minimum required statutory redundancy figure. That's what. Uh, Generally gets paid out to most people. At an enhanced redundancy package, you have to waive your contract rights. So if you waive your contract rights for an enhanced redundancy package to take the cash and run, which in most instances is probably the best option for all concerned. I mean, there's nobody working at at Meta longer than lo eight years or any of the tech companies in Ireland longer than eight years, one way or the other as an Irish employee. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't yeah. think there's, I think 16 weeks is probably chosen specifically to yeah. get around that. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think there was some other, I don't know what the packages at Tesla or anything are, but they seem to be pretty generous redundancy packages that for which people will very intelligently and rightly waive any contractual rights that may or may not accrue to them. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking sad times, dude. It's rough times too, right before Christmas, getting told you're out in the fucking air. Yeah. Um, especially for a lot of the people that I'm aware of, like the bulk of jobs that people that I'm aware of in tech companies in Ireland are really just customer service jobs. Like they're effectively call center jobs doing like uh, ad, ad operations and that kind of thing, multilingual ad operations. Those are real specific jobs. And for someone whose skill set is, is multilingual, there's just not that many alternatives there, especially if all the tech firms are, 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 are dumping staff at, at the same time. So you're you you're gonna have to like the options are find something in marketing, find something in another te- in another company that needs customer service without multilingual sales experience, uh you know, become an insurance claims adjuster or something. And those are all areas that require training in and it does suck. However, to get an enhanced return and I can't remember, do you is it JSA or JSB that you've to deduct that you get your your you get your payment cut if you've taken a redundancy settlement because an enhanced redundancy claim is enhanced redundancy packages are taxable whereas statutory isn't the statutory portion isn't so if somebody's got like a 16 oh. a 16 weeks of pay ex gracia they get taxed on they get taxed on if they've worked worked there 4 years they get taxed on 12 weeks of that so oh. Well, I didn't know it's, that. Yeah, yeah. They, there's uh, so the statutory portion of it will be is is, is tax free, but the non statutory portion or some equivalent to the non statutory portion or whatever's left over on top of statutory isn't. Oh, that means most people are probably getting um, <laughs> pretty yeah. boned when you think about it, because I mean, most of them probably haven't been there for you know longer Not than enough. two years, maybe. Yeah, like you know, if you're getting sixteen weeks. And you're only coming up to year two in the employment. Oof. Well, it's killer. Bad. It's killer that it's happened like right now. Just yeah. days before the tax deadline. Yeah. Or it's like, I, you know, towards the end of 20, the 2022 tax year. Now, they might not necessarily have to pay that till the end of the year. It's not much of a... But they can, you know, you can, you can, you can, you don't have to pay that. You, you don't want to pay that till next October, but it doesn't give you much time to amortize it across the year. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you're going to incur a massive tax liability this year. And then you just be out of work next year with fucking no income. Like that's, that actually sucks. If you get a massive, yeah, well, I mean, I think not a the lot time of year you want to really struggle. Not the time of year you want to be made redundant. Like you want to be made redundant in January, <laughs> ideally. Yeah. Yeah, I think a, I think a lot of people are going to really struggle because you think about it and uh, think about how like like you know these jobs just aren't going to exist for you for right now. They will eventually, I guess, but for now yeah. they're not going to exist. And also, if you're going from a customer support job in a tech industry to a regular customer support job, that's a big salary drop too. Like yeah. that's a big salary drop. You know what I mean? Like if you're getting thirty five grand a year to do some customer support stuff for Facebook. You're probably yeah. looking at 24, 25 when you go somewhere else. That's a big fucking drop. Like, so if you're on, if you're on big money, uh, I would say the best thing that you can do with if you if you are one of the unfortunate people who's been made redundant at a tech firm this time of year, and you're listening to this podcast, 
the day it's going to be released, which is the 14th of November, you've probably missed your opportunity to contribute it to an AV to put it in your pension. Oh, no, you, you yes, you can still put it in your pension for 2022. It's probably the best thing you could do with it, in my view. Max out, just max out your pension with the payment. Although they're probably kind of bummed too, right? Because if they're if they're in Ireland, um, the way the layoffs have been set up, they're probably not going to actually get redundancy until mid-December. That'll still give them time to contribute to an AVC. They can set up an AVC. Yeah, like open an AVC with an Irish pension company or an Irish pension firm. I don't know. I don't know how it works cross-border. I think there's difficulties transferring pensions cross-border. I'm not sure how it works. But you could totally open an Irish pension scheme and lob, lob it all in there. And that would be one way to tax plan around it. I guess. Uh, normal tax planning for 2022. But I guess take the cash and move to a tax haven. Um, <laughs> Just fucking beat, <laughs> run for it. Well, you see the stat, you, you get a big, you're going to get a really big tax write off based on being Irish resident. If you're already paying our Irish income tax. You're going to get a huge tax write-off on the redundancy thing because you're because of you, based on your statutory redundancy entitlement, but it's for tax planning. The remainder, it could be very helpful to put that into a just put put a heap of it into the tax into into a, into a pension plan if you wanted to avoid a huge amount of tax on that. That's what I do anyway, especially since you know the stock market is low at the moment. Being an adult fucking sucks. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like just like just sucks like fucking there's more gray hairs every day something else fucking aches every second day you know you get your fucking electricity bill all of a sudden there's an extra zero on the end of it like just uh, awful like <laughs> awful uh, i just want to watch cartoons and like play video games and die and like that's just been taken from me i don't even have time to watch stuff on youtube anymore i'm just too tired I haven't done anything in really ages. Uh, when mm. we, the week we left, or a couple of weeks before we left for Dan's wedding, mm. I didn't have a chance to go anywhere near anything like a video game or watch mm. anything or anything like that. It was too busy. Mm. That PlayStation gathered dust from late June until like two days ago. <laughs> because I just, I just, any time when it's like, oh, cool, I have a few free minutes, it's like, yeah, it's like 20 past 10. I don't want to start like loading up the PlayStation at 20 past 10 or whatever. I'm not in the mood no, for this. Really. It's like after a long a day. Age, after a certain age, ensuring that you'll get to sleep. Uh, yeah. not, not exciting yourself too late in the day becomes a full-time job. I but know. then it's also like, oh, I have to pick up the like, and then I have to like go through the motions of like relearning how to play this fucking game because it's been like five months. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do this. I just kind of, I guess I'll just leave whatever's on TV on. It's like, yeah, I'll watch... Peter K, I guess. Why not? Peter K does stand up. Why not? I'll watch this for eight minutes and then fall asleep on the couch. You like sooty? Oh. That's that's my impression of Peter K doing stand up. The reaction to Peter K doing a tour is so insane to me because my entire life, like no one has ever mentioned Peter K. And now everyone in my life essentially is talking about how excited they are for Peter K. And I don't know what happened or where this yeah. shift came from because it certainly wasn't for the last 15 fucking years. This <laughs> is Garth Brooks now. all over again. This is <laughs> like all these people are coming out on the rocks. It's like the fucking invasion of the pod people. Where all of a sudden I don't talking think to your Garth Brooks is like... even real. <laughs> 
I think I'm being scammed. I don't think Garth Brooks is real. I think Garth Brooks is a professional wrestler playing a character, and he's not actually. Re- and his real name is like Dennis <laughs> fucking Leary or whatever, and he works in like the fucking Michelin Auto Parts store in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I don't think he's a real person. I think this is all an act. Why did he go on hiatus? Peter K. Yeah, probably too much money. Yeah. Probably had good money, and he was like, cool, I'm out. See ya. I mean, I would. (laughs) That's why I always think it's great when celebrities and, like, mostly celebrities, in fairness, like, you know, like, run themselves into a situation where they, like, really fuck up and ruin their public image. I just think, like, when you have, like, money, like, like, real, like, proper, like, fuck off money, why are you even on Twitter? Delete your Twitter account. You can't accidentally post your fucking dick and balls to 8 million people if you don't have a Twitter account. Perfect. Go like go sit on a beach somewhere. Uh, oh, that's why Peter Kay's in the White Amarillo. It's the Phoenix. It was in Phoenix Nights. Huh. You guys still there? Yeah, I think Dan's frozen. Oh. No. No, no. Oh, he's just oh. very, very still. He's just very still. <laughs> Shit. I thought he was frozen. God damn it. I, saw, I saw something earlier about if you're doing a job interview and you need time to think of the question, stay very still while you think and they'll think there's a lag on the line. Oh, I like I like to laugh. Work in person. Some, I like to laugh as if they said something funny and then they kind of forget for a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. like it's what a stupidly easy question. Give me a <laughs> like, second. Like they'll be like, you know, that's such a pathetic would, remark. Yeah, yeah. Like, how how would you project the next six months? And I'm like, <laughs> how would I project the next six months? Term it, you fucking card. And then it just gives me a little bit of time there to come up with a fake answer. That happens all the time when people are being cross-examined. They're just like, "Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Um, I don't entirely understand what you mean. Could you rephrase the question? All this." Yeah, I'd imagine that's how a lot of interviews tend to go as well. I ha- I haven't had to like handle many interviews um in my life, but yeah, usually it's a very simple question followed by, "Could you like give me context?" And it's like uh, I asked where you worked before here. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm. I, I. What do you need from me? Buddy? When you say worked, <laughs> worked. <laughs> See, it's a basic scenario. Oh. Guys, I gotta get offline. Um, I'll chat to you oh, later. Shit. Okay, this has been episode sixty-two of Morning Brew. I am, of course, Adam Sharon. I'm Stephen Burke. I'm Daniel Purcell. Make Ciao, sure you babies. like us on all of the different social networks. Make sure you rate, follow. comment, subscribe. Rate, comment, subscribe. Follow us. Follow us on Spotify. You can like us on Spotify. You can like us on iTunes. You can share us around. Helps us out tremendously. Oh. We got a we got a review the other week. Five stars. Said the podcast rules. Now we're mm-hmm. number twenty-two in Trinidad and Tobago. Fuck everyone else in the in the in the previous uh, previous twenties and the further tens, uh, I guess. Rahu, 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 all the way, baby. I love you. Bye. Bye.